All right, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. Coming at you live on this Friday evening, TGIF, everyone. And we are back and better, ready to rumble in the jungle for a new episode. As always, I am your host for the evening, Maddie Lukewarm Ice. And my co-host for the evening is Chris the Gorilla Binder. How's it going, Chris? Good. What's up? I mean, you know, I had a full week of work, you know, getting ready for back to school. Uh, And so, you know, Friday has new meaning to it now that, you know, I'm back at work. You know, Fridays normally were just another day, but now it's just like, yes, it's the weekend. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't have a weekend. I work tomorrow, too. So I have six days work this week, but... That's once every 12 weeks, so not a big deal. Yeah, man. I mean, you're kind of the big dog, you know. You're uh, kind of a big deal. So, you know, you got you to gotta put in that uh, that extra time to make them big bucks that you make. Yeah, I'm not a big dog, but I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, big gorilla. You're the big gorilla. <laughs> there we go. That, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, we got a lot of interesting topics to go over today. You know, a lot of stuff that's been happening in sports. Um, Let's just jump right into the most major topic here that we've had recently, and that is um, the boycotting of sports that has been happening. Um, We had, I mean, it started with, the NBA, the NBA, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were supposed to play the Orlando Magic and the Magic were on the floor and they were ready to play the game, the playoff game. And the Bucks did not come out on to the court to play their game. Um, so they, you know, everyone was wondering what was going on and everything like that. And, um, the reason behind the Milwaukee Bucks not coming onto the floor is because of uh, a recent uh, police shooting um, that happened in Wisconsin. And um, I'm trying to look at it here. I'm trying to find it. I can't remember the name. I think it was like Jalen Jacobs or something like that. Um, do you, do you remember the, the name, Chris? I don't offhand. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. There we go. I knew there was a Jacob somewhere in in there. Um, so the, the Bucks, uh, officially as a team released a statement to reporters, you know, saying that, um, you know, they, were not okay with this um, with uh, uh, Jacob Blake being shot seven times in the back by police officers. Um, And, you know, I, you know, I don't like to make the, the, the podcast, you know, political or anything like that. And I don't, I don't want to take sides in in anything uh, with that. I want to, you know, try to be impartial as possible because I mean, 
this is supposed to be about sports and, you know, getting away from the political topics, but sports with them doing the boycott have made it where they're included. And so I feel that we do need to discuss it and we do need to talk about it. Um, I, I listen to um, a, a Fox sports radio show in the morning when I go to work and um, the, the guy that hosts it, he uh, used to be a lawyer. And so he was basically laying into the NBA players because once the Milwaukee Bucks did that, all the other NBA teams followed suit and they all boycotted their games and decided that they did not want to play their games to protest the shooting that had happened. Um, and he basically was saying, you know, that the NBA players, it was not a good move for them and it made them look very bad because they're basing what they're wanting to do off of a 20 second video instead of actually like researching and looking into all the details behind what um, had happened with the actual incident. Now he, you know, went into saying that, you know, reports have come up now that, um, you know, uh, Jacob Blake had did admit that he did have a knife on him. He had a weapon. Um, he had uh, some outstanding warrants uh, for himself as well. And um, the cops were, you know, giving him commands that he was not following. Now, in my opinion, which, you know, doesn't mean much. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not anybody important, but in my opinion, all of that is like valid, but I don't think it's valid enough to shoot someone seven times in the back. Um, I, I think that you, you can still use other measures to be able to, to do what's needed, even if there was more to the story than what, you know, than what the NBA players had uh, originally saw and were originally doing. Um, ha like with having more information within stuff like that, do you feel that the, the NBA players did jump to conclusions too quickly or was it like a good thing that they, you know, went ahead and took this stand? Um, I think this is just one thing in a long line of things that have kind of pushed really all celebrities to kind of stand up. Like it, it, anybody that's a public figure has kind of stood up, you know, that have their, they want to have their voice heard, but it's not just the problem is it's not just this incident. It's a string of incidents that just keeps happening. And it's always some way to cover it up. Like whether every one of the shootings is justified, it's still too many, you know, I mean, it's, it's still, it's kind of getting out of hand. Like if, if every single person that the cop shot had a warrant, okay. So they have a warrant, take them to jail. If, if they pull a gun on you, yes, shoot. If the guy has a knife on him, that's not illegal. It's not even considered a, a, what a concealed weapon. It's not considered a concealed weapon if you have a knife on you. I carry a pocket knife every single day. But it's, it's not classified as a concealed weapon, so therefore it is not a weapon. And I'm not trying to pull it on a cop. And the video like clearly shows he didn't try to pull a knife on the cop 
that he was trying to get in his car. Yes, he probably should have listened to the cops, but that's not justification for shooting him in the back seven times. Maybe tase him. Maybe go up to him and like physically put like pin him against a car. Don't put your neck. Don't put your knee on their neck like you did George Floyd. But you know, I mean, it's just trying not to get too political here but it's like like i said it's just a string of multiple things that have just come into play that have caused not just the nba but now the nhl is behind it the nfl's behind it the major league baseball's behind it you know it's all of these sports are starting to step up and and kind of open up yeah and um i definitely agree with with what you were saying 100% um I feel like, you know, I saw this article one time about a military man who said, you know, in when when I was in Afghanistan or war or whatever, I wasn't allowed to just like shoot unless I was, you know, fired upon. And I had to go through a list of things that I had to do before I was even allowed to fire on someone or to, you know, plan an attack on someone. And I feel like if if police officers had to follow a certain guideline before they are able to jump to such conclusions as to pull a gun and shoot someone, I, I feel like that would help a lot more in these situations that police officers aren't trained in the right way um, to be able to, you know, handle those type of situations. And. I feel like if we go, it's hard to find a middle ground because if we go too far one way and we say, you know, the cops, maybe the cops can't carry guns or something like that, or, you know, they, they have to, you know, do too many things to be able before they can draw their gun, then you'll see more cop shootings go up. But then if we go too far the other way, what's happening will just continue to happen. And people who um, are uh, getting shot unnecessarily will those those rates will go up you know more as well um so i think it's hard to find a middle ground to try to find something where the cops don't feel scared you know to do their jobs but then also we don't want the people to be scared of the cops doing their jobs yeah it's kind of uh it's a right now it's a lose lose situation where we haven't been able to find a middle ground. Um, and I think with that, the only thing I don't like with what's going on um, with these sports teams, you know, when it comes to doing their boycotts and stuff like that, um, you know, I saw an article on ESPN the other day when all this was going on and they were talking about how um, one of the representative for, representatives for the NFL players was they were demanding that the owners speak out on these topics and back up their players for doing it. And they want the owners to go to like the governors and the mayors and even the DA and like, you know, try to influence some type of, you know, change to happen. And the only thing I don't like about that is, you know, why I, I don't feel like the owners have to do that just because their players want them to. 
and going to an extreme of like, you know, going to like a governor or mayor or even a DA is, you know, sports athletes influencing political stuff. I feel if you want change to happen in those areas like governors and mayors and DAs, you need to vote. So you should go out and vote and and make that change, not having sports athletes, you know, uh, have owners who have millions of dollars and probably contribute to those people. They probably give money to those type of people to tell them, hey, you know, we, you know, we want you to influence that change. Um, I I mean, I'm not sure how, how you feel about that with NFL players trying to get the owners to do that. I, I agree with you. Like it's, it's not their place. So that, that just kind of, I don't know, to me, that's, it's a place that they shouldn't step unless they're actually willing to take a political stand and, and run for office. They want to make a change, run for office. Don't, don't expect your, like that. that's almost like me asking the president of my company because I don't agree with something to go to the president of the United States and be like, Hey, you need to lobby for this change. Like you're asking your employer to do something on behalf of you that maybe your employer isn't a hundred percent comfortable doing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, that makes perfect sense. I, I like that, anal- that analogy a lot. Um, I, I almost feel like the players are trying to reach to for something because they, you know, since they are celebrities in a sense and, you know, they're they're popular, that they're trying to use their platform to, to make change, which I understand. I get that. Like, that's a great thing. You know, it, it shows that, that they care and stuff and that they, they want to be involved. Um, I just think they're having a hard time trying to think of how they're going to do it other than creating social injustice um, programs, you know, that the owners can, you know, obviously divvy money into to help support. Um but it's almost like they feel like that's not enough. But I think even just doing those little things and having the owners put money into programs, that's that's worth doing more so than, you know, have, having the owners go to, you know, the uh, political officials. Definitely agree with that. Um, I, I know... Um, the NBA has come to terms and they are going to continue the playoffs starting tomorrow. Um, do you, do you feel that like the NBA kind of looked foolish for, for doing that? Cause I mean, what was the point if they were only going to miss like one game to, uh, you know, make this stance and you know, what was, what did they get out of it? You know, you know, what was their goal other than saying, you know, just that they are against it? You know, it's, does that make sense how I'm asking that question to you? Yeah. What, why did they go on an 18 hour strike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I think like 
honestly, the Bucks had the right mentality. They're like, you know what? I want to protest. I just want to, I want to protest. I'm not going to play this game. I want my voice heard. You know, they went about it kind of the right way. They weren't really uh, rallying for the strike. It wasn't until like the Lakers and Clippers stepped in that it became a strike. Um, I don't think it ever should have gone to that point. It should have been, we're going to stand up for this injustice. You know, we're having our voice heard as public figures. And then, like, not move on necessarily, but, you know, continue with their job. Um, I, I totally get why they were doing it. but And I don't think that it made them look foolish. I think that they kind of stepped away from the stance. I'm, I'm hoping that it's not money-driven that they stepped away from the stance. Like, maybe the owners came to them and were like, hey, if you don't play, if you don't finish the playoffs, we're not paying you. You know, I, I'm hoping that that's not the situation. I'm hoping it's more of, you know, hey, we had our voice heard. There's awareness to this. The mother of uh, the kid that got shot, he's she's actually come out and had press interviews and everything. You know, he's actually come out and had press interviews. Uh, every and you know, the voice is heard. Everything is out there now. Maybe they just kind of step back and like, okay, we were heard. Let's get back to the game. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope that was the scenario for it as well. Um, it, when I first heard that they were potentially saying they were going to protest the rest of the playoffs, I was kind of really upset because, you know, the NBA and, you know, all these people that are in that bubble all the medical people that test them every day for COVID and doing everything that they're doing to make sure that they can play these games, it would have been all for nothing. And you would have wasted their time making sure they, you know, those people could be, the players could be there to do that. So when I first heard that they potentially would miss like the rest of the playoffs, I was, I was really upset that they, you know, would, would waste what, you know, all, all of this that was done for them. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, even the players that, that left, like say Mike Conley, for example, he left for the birth of his child, came back, had to quarantine before he could play again. You know, they made him quarantine in his room. He wasn't allowed to like interact with anybody. He was quarantined. And then he comes back, he plays three games and then, he's what they're ending the playoffs. Like it's what was the point of him leaving his newborn and his wife? If, if that's all they're going to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. It would, it just would have been all for not. Um, well, we'll get into some of the other sports and what they've been doing with like, um, the protest as well, but let's at least touch on the games that will start up tomorrow. Um, the Magic and Bucks, they play um, their game five. Um, Bucks are up three to one. Um, I feel I feel it's probably going to end tomorrow for the Magic. I, I think they'll, they'll be done with with one more game, which with again, with talking about the the um, the boycotts and postponing games, I was just like some of these teams don't even really have a chance after they lose. They'll be 
you know, if they lose one more, they'll be out anyways. So again, I was thinking, what's the point if they lose one more game, they're going to be out anyways. Um, but I think, I think the Bucks probably finish that matchup uh, tomorrow. Um, how do you feel about that, that game? Uh, yeah, that's a given. Giannis is going to go off for like 45 points. He, he's just <laughs> going to tear him apart. So it, it's not even, even going to be a game. I think the Bucks are probably going to win by at least 20. Dang, nice. Um, well, uh, the second game, which, uh, okay, you, you got me with this one. I, I will admit, you got me with this one. So the Thunder and the Rockets are now tied 2-2. Two to two. The your uh, OKC making a comeback there and winning two games. Um, it's now turning into a series, and you told me it would be. I didn't believe you, so I'll I'll, I'll give you props. I'll give you the credit. You were right about this one. Um, I think, yeah, like when I told you, Thunder's going to win the next two games, and they came out and won the next two games. And I mean, they they won them convincingly. It wasn't like little one point games. Like they shut down James Harden. Um, they found a way to actually shut him down, which was kind of nice. Uh, he wasn't scoring 50 points a game. Um, I mean, he still, he still got his points. He still did his thing, but they were able to shut him down and kind of push him to, you know, get the ball to Westbrook more, who misses a lot more. <laughs> so uh, I, I still think that the Thunder are going to take the series. Um, I, I think the Rockets may win the next one, and then it'll go to seven, and the Thunder will win the last two. I originally said it was only going to go to six, but I really think the Rockets are going to come out uh, blazing in the next game, and they're going to take the next game. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I can see it going all seven games now with the way that they both teams have been playing. So um, I, I agree probably we'll, we'll go all seven games. Um, I mean, if Rockets keep playing the, the way they were the last couple of games, then yeah, like um, – Thunder are going to end up taking this one. And I feel like that's kind of a bigger upset than what people are like talking about when they talk about, you know, the teams. I don't think they, they're really talking about these two teams enough compared to the way they talk about the other teams. Yeah. Like the Lakers and Clippers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the last game tomorrow will be the Lakers and the trailblazers. Um, the Lakers are up three to one trailblazers. I thought we were going to give them a run for their money. Um, but then the Lakers kind of put their foot down and were was like, nah, we're the number one seed for a reason. Yeah. They came out firing on all cylinders. Um, I think, I don't know. I thought the Blazers would give them a, a bigger fight. You know, I figured it'd go to like six games at least, but. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to take the Lakers in game five. Yeah, I feel like uh, – oh, this is ironic. I have to point this out. They're showing high school football right now on, on SportsCenter. And <laughs> um, the head coach for the one high school for, uh, football team, his name is literally Steve Mask. And he was, like, wearing his mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't you can't make that up. Like that's, like that's that's uh, that's uh, ironic to a T right there, <laughs> Coach Mask. <laughs> um. All right, and then Sunday they'll continue games. Um, they got the Nuggets and the Jazz, which has been a, a an interesting series. Um, Utah leading three to two. 
Utah freaking putting a beating on them um, two games ago to go up three to one. And then um, Murray just went off and, like, you know, basically carried them um, in the last game and ended up, uh, yeah, Jamal Murray and ended up, uh, you know, helping them win that game. So now the series is three to two. Interestingly, I mean, this, this, this matchup is interesting just because, like, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray in, um, I think it was the two games ago, each scored over 50 points in the game. Yeah. And it's the first time that, like, a duo from, you know, both teams had scored, an individual had scored 50 points. And then Donovan Mitchell is only the third person next to Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson, which those are freaking legendary names to be with. He's only the third player to with those two to score two 50-point games in, in two different games. Well, in the same series, in the same series. So he scored 50 points two games ago, and then I think in the first game he scored 50 points. So um, these teams are, like, show, showing up. I don't know if that means bad defense or Mitchell and, you know, Murray are just that good. They're just that good. I've seen Mitchell play live. That dude is ridiculous. He's got such a mean hesitation step. Like, on TV, it looks all right, but then when you see it live, like, he stops people. Like, his hesitation step just stops his defender, and then he just blows past them. It, it's crazy to watch live. But, no, Donovan Mitchell is just that good. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> he, he, I, I think he got robbed on the rookie of the year when they gave it to Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree. Um, I think it's because he didn't play well in his first ever playoffs when they were in the playoffs last year. He didn't he didn't really show up for the playoffs. But this year he is showing up for the playoffs. Yeah. So um, and he even said that in the interview that he was disappointed in how he played in the playoffs last year. And he's just been putting in the work to get better, to, to be able to do what he needs to help the team. Um, I feel like the jazz could still, you know, easily take this series and with it being three to two, but you know, if, if Murray keeps on playing like that, then it might be a different story. Yeah. If Murray and Mitchell can just match points throughout the rest of the series, it's going to come down to the other four. And honestly, the jazz have a stronger other four than, than the nuggets do nuggets have Jokic. That's really about it. Paul Millsap hasn't done much. You know, I mean, he, he was really strong when he was with the Jazz. He was good when he was with the Hawks. Since he came over to the Nuggets, he hasn't done anything. So, um, I, th- I think it, it's all going to be dependent on if they can stop Murray. If they can't stop Murray, just let Mitchell loose and let those two kind of cancel each other out. And then the rest of the team steps up. Nice. Yeah. Um, the, the next game that they have on the, the docket for Sunday is actually the East semifinals because the Celtics and Raptors made it through to the next round. Um, so Celtics versus Raptors game one will be Sunday, even though they still haven't finished up some of the other first round matchups they are, you know, going ahead and starting those games. Um, so Celtics Raptors 
two teams that are just hot right now for the East. Um, this is a crazy matchup. Uh, it, it's hard to pick pick who would who would win this series. I'm I'm almost leaning towards the Raptors just because they they still have that momentum and like you mentioned on the last podcast that um, chip on their shoulder to prove you know that they didn't need um, uh, Kawhi Kawhi Leonard yeah Kawhi Leonard to prove that they didn't need him to to win Um, so I'm almost leaning more towards the Raptors but I could see this series going all seven games so could I uh really depends on Siakam like Kyle Lowry and uh, Kemba Walker I think they're gonna have a really good point guard battle but if Siakam is strong the Celtics won't have an answer for him like they they just flat out won't like Tatum is good Tatum is an amazing player but Siakam is like on another level you put Siakam on one of the big teams like the Lakers or the Clippers, had him go Kawhi to the Clippers, like there would be absolutely no question that they're going to win the championship. Yeah. But so who were you? Who were you leaning towards that would that would take it then? Honestly, uh that's a hard one. I think it's going to go to seven, and. I'm I'm gonna lean towards the Celtics because I think I think Siakam might fall off. Hmm, fair enough. And I think Tatum will actually step up. Nice. Well, I mean, uh, we'll we'll see how that that matchup goes. I'm excited to watch that series, um, especially now since we you know picked separate uh, teams. So now we we got some. Uh, some uh, rooting, you know, <laughs> for that. Um, got some stakes, some stakes in it. Yep. Um, and then the other matchup, the Clippers and the Mavericks. Um, this this series has been crazy too. Kind of like the Jazz and the Nuggets. Like certain players have just been freaking balling out, and you know, Luka Donick is unhuman. Like he's he's really just like. I, I think he was made in a secret government lab somewhere to <laughs> like, you know, play basketball and just wreck everything. Um, they, the Clippers have been having a harder time with him than I, I thought they would. Um, and again, I give props or props or do you kind of called it that, you know, Luca was going to have this kind of, these kind of games and, and carry them in the series. So I'll give you the props that you, you know, have been on top of it for the series. Yeah. Cause the last game that they won, he hit that buzzer beater three and uh, they, they won that game without Porzingis. Like Porzingis did not play at all. And Doncic was on a sprained ankle. That's just, that's just crazy. <laughs> And what what's really funny is you watch him match up. Like there was there's a few times that they matched up Kawhi against him, and Kawhi is generally known as flat out the best defender in the entire NBA. Like 
guards everybody well. He's he's an amazing perimeter defender. He's he's just the best defender in the NBA. That's not a big man. He couldn't even stop Doncic. Man. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that really can. You put you put Luca on on like a, a, a different team, you know, maybe like the 76ers who needed an extra guy or like the Celtics or something like that, or even the Raptors, like put him on the Raptors, like just done, like just call it done. Like he, they, like that would be a super team. Like yeah. he, he just needs to be on like one team where he has like, you know, everyone around him to be able to help him out. <laughs> Well, imagine if Porzingis stayed healthy. Like, if it was Porzingis and Doncic together, and they act when they play together, they're insane. But then you add him in, like add in to where they can actually play, and they can both stay healthy. That's going to be a dominant team in the future. It's just keeping Porzingis healthy. Yeah. And I, I don't know how the Mavericks do it. Like they always seem to somehow, you know, get their act together and then get like, a, a, you know, a superstar on their team. They always find a way to do it somehow. Um, they're like the Heat almost. Uh, you know, the Heat always find a way to get their team. You know, like having some type of superstar and making the playoffs and making a run, like. Even even if it's like one or two years, maybe where they're not good, that that's it. And then they 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 turn it around after that. It doesn't it doesn't take them long to ever rebuild. It seems like. Yeah. The uh, NBA, uh, as of right now, that's still. Um, if a lot of these series you know, end, then, you know, we'll be able to talk about the new matchups um, of, you know, who's, who's facing who when it comes to that. Um, But a lot of these, you know, there's a lot of potential elimination games, you know, that could be uh, happening, um, you know, here, here pretty soon. Um, Yeah. We were talking about the NHL and as of right now, like they will be continuing their games tomorrow as well. Um, they had postponed their games because of the protest. And, um, you know, again, I don't know how, how much of a good that did when it came to NHL. Um, I mean, obviously NHL is not as popular as the NBA. Um, but the, the games that will be continuing tomorrow the the Lightning and the Bruins will be playing. Uh, Tampa Bay is up in the series right now, two to one. Um, then they have the the Flyers and the Islanders. Um, they're tied at one apiece. Now, if the Islanders somehow can like pull this off and win, and then they win their next series to go on to the Stanley Cup, like I I hundred percent think that the Capitals made a huge mistake getting rid of um, the the coach that helped us uh, win the Stanley Cup just because, you know, he is obviously taking uh, this team, the Islanders, and putting them in contention. 
Um, I know his first year of coaching them, they were like the worst uh, uh, goal scoring team in the NHL the year before. And then his first year of coaching, he brought them up all the way to like, I think the second best or something like that um, within one year of coaching them. Um, so I, I just don't know what, you know, the Capitals were, were thinking when they, you know, when they, they got rid of him after, uh, after that, um, they Barry, Barry Trotz, that's who it was. I was trying to find his name. Yeah. Barry Trotz. That they weren't thinking. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, they weren't, they weren't thinking very well with uh, having him walk away. <laughs> Cause imagine if he was still the coach, this could be their, their third straight, you know, possibly. They they could have won last year and they could be in contention, but they get rid of a coach that the team had had kind of rallied around, and then kind of, it falls apart a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, and you know, we're still as far as I know, I haven't seen that the uh, Caps have found a new coach yet uh, after uh, the firing after the series was over. So. Um, we'll see uh, who they're able to get in the off season when it comes to that. Um, the other series uh, for tomorrow is uh, the Vegas Golden Knights versus the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, that series is also tied at one apiece. Um, you know, since they haven't been playing their games since they've been postponing, you can't really say too much about the matchups since it's just most of them are tied up at one apiece. Um, on Sunday, the Avalanche, Colorado going against the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas is up two to one in that series. You were going with Dallas in this one, and I was saying that you know Colorado was on a, such a such a roll. They you know they were on such a hot streak that I felt like you know no one was going to be able to stop them. Um, but. I mean, two to one, it's not like Dallas is running away with it as of right now, but I mean, they're still up in, in the series, like um, like you were saying for that. I'll still stand behind it. I think Dallas is going to actually take the series. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's all the mat. Yeah, that's all the matchups uh, for NHL. So uh, they'll they'll be playing their games uh, quite often to uh, make up for the, the time. And I think the NBA is doing that too, with having like three games, like, you know, every day just to get, you know, things going again. So um, to, to make up for the, the time loss. Um, Major League Baseball, they, they had a lot of their games that were postponed as well, but not all the teams did it. So, I mean, do you feel that Major League Baseball wasn't as, like, unified on that? Or they were just saying, well, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it was. I know my team was one that actually uh, protested and canceled some games and everything, the Mariners. Um, But I think they should just protest the whole season and quit because they're going to suck anyway. <laughs> as much as I love rooting for the Mariners, like they are absolutely garbage this year. 
and then they get rid of like their prop, possibly their top pitcher. Like they just traded him off. No, I was like, "What? Well, why would you do that?" Oh yeah, we suck. It's okay. <laughs> hey, but, re- rebuilding, right? You know, you gotta trade away your best players and you know get some get some young bucks in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to seeing that one. Rebuilding, huh? It's it's like, how long are you going to rebuild for, though? <laughs> exactly. That's what I've been asking for my football team, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, for... Yeah, for the for these games, it's just interesting because the 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 teams that decided that they didn't want to play, you know, I just wonder if it was both teams that decided, you know, they didn't want to play, or if it was just one team that wasn't going to play. Um, I almost feel like if if a certain team said, you know, we want to play, but the others don't, I feel like the other team should have forfeited their game then, you know. Because the other team was there and ready to play and, you know, wanted to do it. Yeah. And it, it's not free to fly to other cities. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's not like they're all playing in like in a bubble like the NBA and the NHL. It's they're they're actually playing in their home stadiums. Yeah, that's very true, and they gotta they gotta go around to, to each stadium for that. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know. I just found it very interesting that the you know teams didn't have to like forfeit or anything like that. Um, but it looks like there's still a couple games that are being postponed, but it looks like only two games were postponed today. All the other games are you know, uh, starting to go again, um, when it comes to that. Um, there was one, one thing that happened like three days ago, the Chicago White Sox pitcher, Lucas Giolito, he, he threw the season's first no hitter and the first time a no hitter has been thrown in front of no fans. Wow. That kind of sucks that you don't get to, you know, celebrate with the fans for an accomplishment like that. (laughs) Um, But gosh, yeah, those don't happen very often. So, I mean, if you're able to to get that, that's, you know, a a definite, you know, a deserving accomplishment, Uh, no matter if your team's like sucking or not. Like even if, you know, someone on the Mariners did that, you know, that's still noteworthy, even though, you know, the record isn't good. Yeah. We had uh, King Felix, Felix Hernandez, throw two of them in one season, and we still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, the really big accomplishment on that, he only he did that in 101 pitches. No hitter, 101 pitches. Dang. I I want to see a perfect game like that. That would be cool to to see. I know the odds of like a perfect game happening are very slim, but I I still just want to see it happen. I think in in our lifetime, I think there's been like 
four or five. Hmm, really? I, it's and I can't I can't even remember. That's I mean it's it's probably because I don't I don't follow baseball as well as I do you know some other sports. But yeah, I mean that I didn't think it was that many. I thought it was very few and far between that that's actually happened. Because I mean that's you know a perfect game is you know harder to throw than a no hitter. So I'm. Not- looking it up right now <laughs> see how many perfect games there and there's been there's actually more so uh, from 1980 to 2019 there was 14 perfect games 14 wow yep i don't know why i just thought it was it was very few and far between since it's like you know so much harder to do well there so was I guess- well, it says that uh, the the hundred plus prior seasons to nineteen eighty, there was only nine. So there's been twenty three total perfect games. There was three perfect games in two thousand twelve. There was three of them all in that same year. In two thousand twelve, yeah. Dang. So I feel like then there's probably been more no-hitters than perfect games, I would think, then. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, the... So it says there's only been 21, but I think... No, there's 23. The last one to throw one... Well, it doesn't say. Doesn't say like the year for it. No. So that uh, there's one on here. The three in 2012 was Philip Humber for the Chicago White Sox. He did it 96 pitches. Wow, 96. Yeah, and the Chicago White Sox pitcher that just did it, Gialetto, he just threw a no-hitter in 101 pitches. So five more pitches, that's it. Gosh. Then, then also in 2012, Matt Cain did it for the Giants. He did it in 125 pitches. And then in uh, Felix Hernandez did it for Seattle on 113 feel like 2012 was like the year of pitching gosh yep let's see oh the San the Giants guy Matt Kane he did it against the Astros nice I'm sure it probably hasn't happened too too often in like playoffs and World Series and stuff like that that would probably be an even bigger accomplishment to be able to do it in in one of those scenarios yeah. That would be that'd be insane. <laughs> um, all righty, cool. Well, we will uh, wrap everything up, I think, with uh, talking about the NFL and what's been going on with that. And then, um, of course, like we mentioned uh, last week, we're going to be talking some uh, some fantasy football here, you know, with what's been uh, going down with that. Um, 
because our draft for the Sports Harder podcast will be coming up here soon on September 5th. Um, so, you know, everybody that's a part of that, you know, that's a listener, get ready and, uh, you know, don't take any of the people that we suggest that you take because we want to win. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want the toilet this year. <laughs> no. I didn't get no. it last year, thankfully, but I was close. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, David started off, like, really bad, and then he, like, made a comeback and ended up making the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, even if you start down, there's there's always a chance you can come back and, and still do something. Yeah, I think I started off the season last year, like, 3-1. and one. I think my one loss was to you. Or, no, I beat you. I beat yeah. you. I uh, think you, like, barely beat me. Yeah, it was by, like, <laughs> half a point or something like that but (laughs) that was awesome but I started off the season like three and one and then I ended up winning one more game that was it (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) yeah I was it was bad last year well everybody's buying for that um fantasy football uh championship belt um you know I I think it's a it's a pretty cool prize to have as uh uh, for a fantasy football uh, league. Um, uh, Nico is uh, gracious enough to, to give it back. Uh, so, you know, we have it and it's ready. And, uh, you know, whoever wins will be able to have the bragging rights and be able to hold that, you know, until uh, next football season again. So, yeah, it'll um, be framed in my living room next year. It'll be displayed in your living room. It'll be framed in my living room next year. Oh, framed. Nice. <laughs> going all out. <laughs> I'm going to Michael's. I'm going to buy a shadow box and I'm going <laughs> to put it in that on my wall. And it'll be a, a talking point for anybody that comes in. <laughs> yep. I actually won fi- uh, fantasy football. Finally. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I've been running this league for quite a while, and I've only won it once. So, <laughs> very, uh, very difficult to do. It, just like winning a Super Bowl multiple times, it, it's very hard to win fantasy football. <laughs> it's definitely a competitive league, too. Considering we don't, we don't, any, we don't put any money down on it. It's just the championship belt. Everybody wants that. Mm. Well. There you go. Um, well, uh, we'll we'll get into uh, some some things that have been going on. So the NFL, um, seven teams, you know, protested and did not practice uh, because of the shooting. And um, you know, we talked a little bit about the NFL players and what they expected the owners to do when it came to the protests. Um, so I mean, we've already gone over that, and we've kind of talked about what. Um, you know, how we feel when it comes to that. Um, I know the New York Giants football team was talking about potentially protesting their first game of the season because of what was going on. Now, again, I just like Major League Baseball, I feel like if the Giants are going to do that, I feel like they forfeit that game and they should lose that game. They're going to um, lose the game anyway. They're going to lose anyways. <laughs> I don't even know who they're playing in their first game. I, I didn't look. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Woof. 
Shots fired in New York. Hopefully we won't have any Giants fans listening. <laughs> if we do, I'm sorry. I'm a Raiders <laughs> fan. Trust trust that I'm mean to other teams. <laughs> Having ha, it's it's an all around uh, hatred. <laughs> um, yep. Now, did we did we talk about Earl Thomas on the last podcast or no? Yeah, we did. Okay, uh, got booted off the Ravens. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been booted. I think they're looking to trade him away. Still, I uh, last I saw, they cut him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he just got cut completely. He's off the team. Well, I'm surprised no one's picked him up. Then, <laughs> to to be honest, I mean, um, I know the Cowboys are a leading candidate to, uh, well, at least. For him, because he wants to be on the Cowboys when he was with the Seahawks. After the Seahawks played the Cowboys, he went up to uh, the coach and said, you know, come and get me. So, you know, he made it very clear, even when he was with the Seahawks, that he wanted to, you know, be a Cowboy. You know, now there's new new coaching. It's not the same coach. Uh, it's, you know, Mike McCarthy now. Um, you know, I don't know if maybe Mike McCarthy doesn't want him. But, I mean, it's always been very well known that, Jerry Jones, you know, controls the team. If Jerry Jones wants to have him, I think it would happen. Yeah, no, um, what they've actually, what they're saying right now. So he was definitely cut. Uh, They said the situation with Earl Thomas might come down to price more than anything for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So it's possible he's just asking for too much money and Jerry Jones says, nope. Well, you think he would negotiate better than if he's really that concerned about, you know, being a being a cowboy. Like you gotta sacrifice some money then if you're wanting to be on that team. So I mean, that's more on Earl Thomas. Yep. No, I I did actually post something on our Facebook page, on the Sports Harder Facebook page, um, about Brian Erlacher, Hall of Fame linebacker for the Bears. Known as being a beast, went with the Bears to the Super Bowl, even though they lost the Super Bowl. But he made some comments about the the shooting that we were talking about earlier, and uh, the Bears actually disavowed him. Wow! Yeah, I, I uh, saw that you had posted that on there. Um, did the article say like what he said about the protest, or so? They've recently deleted it, so you can't actually see what it was. But I, I saw it before, uh, so this is just going to be—it's not going to be word for word. But it was basically saying, "You guys play sports, you know. Quit protesting. Get back to work. You guys are protesting for a kid that that has felony assault charges and pulled a knife on a cop. You guys are dumb. Just get back to your sports." Wow. Yeah. Man. So something along those lines that's not verbatim, that's just, yeah. you know, rough of what he said. It, it wasn't exactly a good thing that he said. And the Bears came out. They're like, he has anything that he just said has nothing to do with the Bears organization. And we now have ties with Brian Urlacher. We have nothing to do with him. Wow, man. And after, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame and everything, like you said, um, that's that's crazy that, you know, 
I mean, it's definitely like a PR move for the Bears, but I mean, he doesn't play for the Bears. I could see if he still played for them, that it would be a bigger deal. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal that he made a statement like that. I mean, it's his right to be able to say it. I mean, it doesn't mean that it was appropriate, but I mean, you know, he's still able to, you know, voice his opinion. So um, very surprised that the Bears, you know, went down this route because he's kind of up there as one of the, you know, biggest names that they have in their organization or had had. Yeah. He's known as a bear. Like that's the thing you see Brian Erlacher, you immediately think Chicago bears. You don't think anything else. It's so when he says something like that, your thoughts go to, well, is that how all the bears think? You know, that's that's what he's wrapped in. Even though he doesn't play for the team, even though he doesn't represent the team, he does. He's not even a part of the team at all in any capacity, other than that's on his name, his name plate or his face plate or whatever at the Hall of Fame. Is that he was Chicago? Because that's the only team he ever played for, too. So, you know, yeah, he does have the right to say that, but you have to understand, like. The way, the way I look at things with that is, you know, with my job, like I could, I have the freedom to say whatever I want on social media. But if I say something that makes my company look bad, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, like, yeah, that's very true. That's why I was saying, like, he doesn't play for the Bears anymore. Yeah. Like, I could see, I could see if he was still on the team. Yeah, you definitely got to do that. Um, but I, I, I think if, anybody tries to say anything differently at least right now nowadays any company like you said or any team or any sport like they're going to act quickly you know for pr sake you know because they they don't want to come across as looking as you know uh you know we don't support uh black lives matter or anything like that you know absolutely um, cool. Well, we'll we'll wrap things up. I think unless there's, I was gonna wrap it up with fancy football. Unless there's other NFL news that you're aware of that that I have uh, missed out on. Nope, Jadavion Clowney's still not signed. I just have to <laughs> throw that every week until he's finally. <laughs> I love how you always add that. You're just like, oh, he's still not on a team. <laughs> Quit asking for so much money. You're not that good. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I I totally agree with that. That's that's too funny. All right. Well, um, well, with fancy football, um, I, I love talking about this and, um, you know, I love getting into this and um, something that you're going to. What was that? You're going down this year. <laughs> well, uh, something else that uh, we'll have as a competition since you are, uh, you know, coming in as co-host now for um however long is needed. And I definitely appreciate that more than, you know, um, you will have to do the NFL picks every week with me. Um, so we'll pick who we think is going to win each game and we keep track of it. And whoever, you know, gets the most right by the end of the season is the winner. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll win that too. So that's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, the confidence is just coming through the phone full force in my face. Like, you nah. know, just like, ah. Nah, you're bringing out the competitive spirit in me, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just like Chris is just like, we're no longer friends anymore. You're going <laughs> down. Well, that's the same when we're playing Madden. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you all the time, like, oh yeah, you'll beat me, you'll beat me, and then it's like, nope, it's game time. Let's play. <laughs> I'm gonna break your quarterback's legs. <laughs> I try too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love the competitiveness. It's, it's good. It's I I I love it. It's 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 what makes it so much fun. That's that's awesome. Um, well, with with fantasy football, um, let's talk about some. We'll we'll talk about top picks as well, but let's talk about some like dark horses. Who's who's uh, someone that you maybe other people aren't thinking of that they should grab, you know, in their in their draft maybe at later rounds that could still get them like you know some good points. Um, that's that's a hard one. Later rounds, I think. Yeah, could, like, I think it like could be to to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, everybody's like, I'll I'll just throw tight ends out there. So everybody's going crazy about like, you know, Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, you know, and even Darren Waller. Like, yeah, I have to throw a Raider in there. I I honestly <laughs> think the dark horse that people need to keep an eye on. Is uh, I think it, I think his name's Injanu. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The tight end for the Titans. I think it's David Injanu. I thought he played for the Browns. Is it the Titans? That that's Injoku. Oh, there's uh, I can't remember how to say his name. Did he play last year for the Titans? He's play. He plays this year. Titans tight end. Let me. Not Delaney Walker. Is he like a rookie or? John U. Smith. Sorry, John U. Smith. He yeah, is... no worries. Um, doesn't say. Let me see if he is a rookie. No, he's drafted in 2017. Oh, okay. So why why is he going to be a dark horse? Uh, because I think he's more reliable than Delaney Walker. Like everybody looks at Delaney Walker on the on the Titans, but Jonu Smith is just he is a beast. The dude has hands. He's he's six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds, uh, and he just runs people over. He his career statistics as of 2019. So in two years of playing as a tight end, 73 receptions, 854 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. So in two years of playing behind Delaney Walker, those are his stats. Nice, that's good. So he's he's not going to be like a big point guy. But I think he'll be able to get your points to balance you out and maybe make that jump over over the person you're playing against, you know. They're not gonna expect a, a John U. Smith to, to be able to be that good. They're gonna look at it and be like, Oh, he's gonna get you five points and the dude's gonna blow up. Okay, nice. Um well since you went tight end, I'll go tight end as well then. Um I feel like 
uh, someone that people aren't thinking of. And of course, it's easy for me to pick out because he is a Ram, but uh, Tyler Higby, um, I, I think he is going to be used more uh, in Tron McVay's scheme, um, uh, especially with not having Brandon Cooks anymore. Um, he was starting to be used more towards the end of the season. Like his numbers were going up and up and up. So I feel like not too many people, like you said, they think of all these other big names at tight end, but I would say, you know, pick up Tyler Higby and he's going to get you some decent points every week for your fantasy football team. Uh, I I could see that Higby's Higby's solid. Yeah. And like I said, I think he's going to be used a lot more and more to where, you know, people will uh, know his name more, you know, when it comes to that. Um, Now for, for fantasy football, there's always that one player that did really well the year before and everybody grabbed them. And then they kind of go downhill, Um, you know, Saquon Barkley. What's up? Like Todd Gurley last year. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, like Saquon Barkley, you know, Saquon Barkley, his rookie year blew up. Everyone did well having him on their fantasy team. But last year, you know, numbers went down, not as much. So who do you think people should watch out in taking because they did good last year, but they might not do as well this coming year? Lamar Jackson. Uh, why, why, Why is that? Uh, I think people are going to figure him out and be able to stop him. He doesn't have a great arm. Uh, he throws a lot of ducks. And if if you can shut down him, him throwing, all he's got is his feet. And if they can, like, if you can push him to that, it's easier to stop him. I think his receivers saved him a lot last year. And yeah, he rushed for like twelve hundred yards. But if you if I really think that teams are gonna scheme to stop him. I don't think they were really a hundred percent prepared for him last year, and that's why he stepped up the way that he did. Because a year before he played what, four games? Yeah. So they weren't a hundred percent prepared for him, and even watching the tape, you still tape doesn't show you game speed. Game speed is so much faster than tape or even practice. Uh, you know, so I think that now teams know what to play for. They know what to team for. The only thing, the only thing that would make him good is if Harbaugh actually changes his scheme a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he can't. John Harbaugh can't make the same mistake as his brother did with the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick because it's basically the same situation where Colin Kaepernick just ran over everyone you know he just ran all over the place took the 49ers to almost two Super Bowls Um, and then like you said people figured it out and then Colin Kaepernick went downhill very quickly Um, you know Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl with running it a lot people figured that out and he started going downhill so running quarterbacks teams kind of start figuring things out um, a lot more. So I, I definitely agree with you with that, that teams are going to kind of understand what to do a little bit more unless Harbaugh, like you said, changes 
how they do it. That would be the only saving grace for them. Yep. And to throw onto that, the two guys you mentioned, Kaepernick and uh, Cam Newton, both are more accurate throwers than Lamar Jackson. There you go. So, I mean, they, you know, and they weren't known for <laughs> being accurate throwers. So that's saying a lot if they're, you know, more accurate than, than him for sure. Um, that's not saying the Ravens aren't going to go far because their defense is still beast. Their defense is still probably top, top three, top five. Yeah, and they still have um, Ingram as well, who I think is one of the best running backs up there. He's up there. Yeah. So, um, for my pick of someone that did really good last year and potentially won't do as well this year, um, man, it's a, it's it's a toss up. I'm having a hard time deciding. I would say either Derrick Henry or Delvin Cook. Um. I, I feel like more so Derrick Henry, though, just because I feel like teams are just going to stack the box and they're going to be like, okay, make Tannehill throw. And, and, that, and that's where Johnny Smith comes in. <laughs> there you go. Nice segue into that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, Derrick Henry made a name for himself last year and basically carried that team almost to a Super Bowl. Um but if Tan if they can't put the you know the the ball in Tannehill's hand to win it, then you know it, it's going to be a struggle for them. Um, I almost feel the same thing for Delvin Cook. He just did so well that I don't know if Kirk Cousins you know is elite enough to be able to you know do anything either. And they they relied so much on Delvin. Um, but I think, like I said, I'm going to lean more towards Derrick Henry though as not having as a breakout year as he did last year. Yeah, I can see that. Um, all right. And then uh, something that, you know, everyone always, you know, wants to know uh, for, you know, fantasy football. So like first rounders, you know, uh, you know, number, number one picks. So who would you suggest taking like number one overall, if someone is put in that position? Um, I would say that, that's hard because do you want to go quarterback? Do you want to go quarterbacks always get you points and there's a lot of strong quarterbacks out there. Like Patrick Mahomes is going to be money, but then you got to look at Tyreek Hill, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to be money. Josh Jacobs is really good. Josh Jacobs is going to get points here. You know, I think he's probably going to, it's going to be between him and probably Carlos, not Carlos Hyde, uh, running back for the Browns. Um, Nick right. Chubb. Nick Chubb. I think it's going to be t- between Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs, who's going to take the rushing crown this year. So, I mean, it's it, it's hard to determine where you want to go. Definitely don't take Baker Mayfield, even though he's got great, great receivers. <laughs> yeah. going to throw a lot of interceptions. You know, do you take a quarterback that – has accuracy and not a lot of interceptions and can lead a team to 28 points in a quarter like Pat Mahomes. Um, I would say strong number one pick. 
Yeah, as much as I hate saying it, being a Raiders fan, it, it's Pat Mahomes. <laughs> you gotta give credit where credit's due. You know, <laughs> yeah. the guy he's he he's a lot like the Luka Doncic of basketball to football. Like the dude was bred by the government to play football. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is very true. Um, okay, yeah, I mean that's 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 a good pick. I like that. Um, uh, for me, I got to go with a running back. Like you were saying, you know, running backs, they give you the rushing yards and the TDs kind of like a quarterback does, you know, they get the passing yards and then the TDs. Um, I, I still say Christian McCaffrey, you got, you got to go with him as number one overall, because he's going to get you the receiving yards and the rushing yards. So, you know, not only is he going to get you TD points for rushing, but then he'll get you, you know, extra TD points for catching it, you know, in the end zone as well. True. Um, And he's got Bridgewater this year. Exactly, which I think it's a good – I think it's a good fit for Bridgewater, to be honest. Um, I think it was a good team for him to go to. Um, So – yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. You know, if, if someone out there gets their number one overall pick, you gotta go with Christian McCaffrey. I think he's gonna uh, get you the most all around points. So, um, alrighty, cool. So the last one that we'll end with, which um, I think is always fun and something that I personally do every year on my fantasy football team. I I don't know. It's a little tradition of mine, but I always take one rookie every year and put them on my team um out of all the rookies getting drafted this year which which rookie is going to be the one you know he wins rookie of the year and he gets you all those fantasy football points let's see what do you think my answer is going to be uh (laughs) i know what it's going to be but let's let's you know (laughs) let's uh let's give it to you know everybody else who doesn't know you as well as i do (laughs) this is going to be henry ruggs all day long (laughs) Uh, why is that, Chris? That dude is so fast. So fast. And he's not just speed. He's got hands. He runs people over. Like, he'll get open. And if, if somebody goes to tackle him, he's going to run him over like Eric Henry did. Like, <laughs> he is a beast. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> that's a... Uh... That's a, a, a good uh, a good pick there, and uh, we'll see uh, see what uh, what he can do with his opportunities. I think they're going to use him on some um, end around as well, yep. you know, um, so he could get you some rushing points or rushing touchdown as as well. I feel so. Well, and um, I mean, if you look at him in Alabama, he had seventy nine receptions, forty of which were touchdowns. Oh wow! It wasn't. It wasn't like streaks. It was catch a slant and just make people miss and run, and nobody could catch him. And nice. That's in the number one SEC team, like for the past twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I kind of have a toss up for for my pick again. You know, I'm kind of undecided. Um, I play in a couple fantasy football leagues, so I might take one in one league and one in the other. Um, man, uh, 
I can't remember his name, but the the kid from LSU that was the running back, um, he got drafted to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs. Edward Hilaire. What was it? Sorry, you're breaking up. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, um, I feel like he's gonna do great for the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs' number one running back decided to opt out for the season, so you know they're gonna rely more on him now as you know their their main running back and the Kansas Chiefs Kansas City Chiefs know how to score <laughs> every, everybody knows that like every every player gets involved Patrick Mahomes doesn't care who gets it he's spreading it around to everybody so i kind of feel like he's going to he's going to break out and have a great year for them um and then the other one that i'm kind of leaning towards is um uh it's uh Judy, right? Is his last name? Jerry Judy. Yeah, Jerry Judy for the Broncos. Um you know, really? I feel like really, Matt? Huh? Really? You pick <laughs> two guys that I have that my team has to go against twice. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say I did that on purpose, but <laughs> um you know, I you know, I feel like uh you know, he was one of the the top wide receivers in the draft next to, um, you know, next to Ruggs. So, I mean, I think I think he'll have a, a good year for them and become he'll become a reliable target for whatever quarterback is going to be on the Broncos because the Broncos seem to never be able to decide who they want to go with. But uh, as of right now, it's Drew Locke. So. You know, Drew Locke was doing progressing well towards the end of last season. So we'll see if he can carry that into this season and, uh, you know, use Jared Judy um, a lot. Um, You know, it's selfish of me. I always kind of, you know, usually try to take a rookie from the Rams as well. I always try to take, you know, someone like that. Um, So just to throw my team out there real quick, I, you know, I would take, you know, maybe uh, Cam Akers or Van Jefferson just because they're kind of being thrown into the fire very quickly now that there's no Brandon Cooks and there's no Todd Gurley. So they kind of have to, you know, step in and, and do their roles uh, pretty quickly. So, yeah, I think Cam Akers is going to do really well this year. Oh, look at that. Saying something nice about one of the players on my team. Dude, Cam Akers is a beast. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> um. So. So yeah. So we'll we'll see with that. We'll we'll talk some uh, some more fantasy football uh, on the next episode. You know, we'll talk about uh, maybe some defensive players because we we have where you can pick defensive players in our league. Um, and uh, we'll talk about some other positions. We'll focus. You know. Uh, maybe on quarterback, you know, running back and wide receiver, uh, maybe talk defense, you know, which is, you know, one of the top defenses to go for that we think will do well this year. So we'll get all, all of that on the, the, the next episode. So that way we have some more topics to talk about. Um, but was there was there any topics that you wanted to bring up with with fantasy football or, or anything else that I missed out on? Uh, no, I think we're good. Okay. Awesome, man. Such a, such a great co-host. Don't even, you know, no squabble, no nothing. No, you know, Oh no, you missed this. You idiot. Why didn't you talk about this? Like, you know, and you know, 
nice, nice laid back co-host. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about the defense, but you brought that up that we're going to do that next week, so I'm good with that. <laughs> awesome, awesome, good. Well, uh, as always, we appreciate everyone listening. Um, you know, we're getting more and more uh, listens, which is good. Uh, I found out the other day that we've had a total of a thousand plus listens total in general since we've had the podcast. So we've had over a thousand listen listeners uh, listen to it. Um, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, I, you know, when I originally started this, you know, it was just to have something, you know, fun to do. Um, but you know, we're getting some, some listeners and we're getting more and more, uh, stuff out there. So we, we appreciate it. Um, we appreciate all the people that help out with spreading the word and talking about it. Um, go to our Facebook page, uh, sports harder podcast. Uh, you can find all the latest breaking news when it comes out, we post it on there. If you comment on the Facebook page, we will shout out to you on the podcast and we will talk about what you said. Um, you know, we'll discuss it and uh, give you a nice little shout out. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you comment about. You can comment about anything. You know, we'll talk about it. Um, you can find us on uh, Instagram at uh, sports uh, underscore harder underscore podcast. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Sports Harder P, capital S, capital P. Um, yeah, so uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, any, anything else you want to add in that I missed out uh, on there, Chris? No, just uh, pass to your friends that like sports. Yeah, definitely. Get, get the word around and... Uh, you know, just tell them you won't be friends with them anymore unless they listen to it. You know, if you, if you got if you got a threaten, do 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 a threat, do whatever it takes. You know, we're, we're given permission to use all means necessary. <laughs> but uh, uh, until uh, next week, we will uh, catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.